priority by Matra, a yellow kebab. Hello, Bonnie lads and lasses. This is episode four of the 1892 podcast with myself, Dean and Stu. Nice to see you haven't burnt the house down with us while I've been gone. <laughs> now, welcome back, Stu. It's good to have you back on for this episode. Spot on. Good listen, number three, miss. You did, you did well. Aye. On that point as well, if I can, um, I'd like to just say uh, thank you to Tom um, from at WarYM1892 on Twitter. Um, it was good to have him on the last episode, and obviously we've recovered um, about the atmosphere and stuff, so I enjoyed it anyways. Yeah, spot on. Um, what I'd like to do for this episode, though, Stu, is uh, pull the Oxford performance to bits. So I thought we could spend about sort of twenty minutes or half an hour on it. <laughs> Alright, I'll see you later. I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> All right, no, I already joked on me. Um, to be fair, probably the less said, the better on that one. I just, I ha- to be honest, I haven't even. I see. I was kind of looked at the result. I didn't even bother looking at the highlights. Like uh, out of my mind already. It's, it's one of them, obviously, it's disappointing and stuff, but, um, you know, I think a lot's been said about the performance already, and, and I don't I don't think we really want to go over any old ground, and um, like you say yourself, you've, brought, you've not even kept an eye on it, so you've not got anything to bring to the table, if you fail it. Nah, pointless, mate, move on. But in all seriousness, what I would like to do is bring up a point that's been... It came to the surface after that, that game, um, which is about uh, Mitrovic. Right, ah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of chat on Twitter, um, and not only for the performance that he put in against Oxford, but probably throughout the whole season. Um, I think it's certainly dividing supporters mm-hmm. in terms of um, you know what their perception of him is now, and I think it's changed drastically over sort of um, you know quite a period of time and not only this season but last season as well and you know I think a lot of people expect him to kick on yeah I I for one thought the championship would be ready made for him Mm -hmm. but what are your thoughts because you know do you think that he's still got something to offer to the club or do you think it's time in terms of maybe towards the summer we'll we'll look to ship him out it's interesting with Ramirovic is that like it's it's black or white, you know. You you've got appreciators, or you've got people who are a bit, uh, well, not haters, but you know, the the bit reserved on him. So, yeah. I mean, the lad's twenty two. Obviously, times on his side. Uh, Forty eight appearances for Newcastle so far, twelve goals. Yeah. So obviously not all starters, but generally one in four there. Yeah. Uh, three goals a season, two against Preston, one against QPR. But for me. What it, what it boils down to, you can have all the potential in the world, but his, his body language at times is disgusting. Um, in terms of, not necessarily on the pitch, but from when I've seen him um, warming up and things on the bench, kind of where he's been this season, he just doesn't look interested. Uh, which might be a bit harsh, he's not been getting the game time, so how, how do you keep him engaged? Yeah. Um, I think he, he certainly... He certainly comes across as being very frustrated at the moment, and I think for me as well, you know, he, the the Oxford performance that he put in probably demonstrated actually how he's feeling as well. Yeah. You know, I he's the kind of player if, you know he gets a little bit of confidence. I think you would see a little bit more from him, and mm. um, I think I think with enthusiasm. Yeah, and you know, obviously he's a passionate lad, and I think you know when you're confident. 
that passion comes out in the right ways. And I think when you're not confident and you're frustrated, I think that passion can come out in a, in a negative sense, um, which you kind of pointed at there with the, the body language. Um, but obviously had a, a, an opportunity there at the weekend to, 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 to get another goal on, on the notch. And he's obviously had that penalty saved. And, and that's, that's a game just going to be another sort of chip away at that confidence. Which he's obviously suffering from at the moment. Yeah. Um, do you think that he needs someone in and around him to, to be supporting him as well? Because earlier in the season, people were pushing for Gail and Mitrovic to be sort of two up top, but clearly Rafa is obviously not keen on that idea. But what are your thoughts? Possibly. I mean, he's going to work better with with another, um, as he did with, with Perez, kind of in the latter stages of last season. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's. I don't know if it would make it an improvement as such. Um, you'd have more support. Obviously, he's, he's not a sprinter. He's not a grafter. As he Mutovic, like looks very clumsy when he runs. Very much one dimensional. Yeah. Kind of, from what I've been seeing so far, it sounds like I'm slaying him. But by all means, I'm not. He's he's got kind of good attributes. Where um, I think his whole play, his hold up play is quite good. Yeah. Perhaps he's not as good in the air as what people think he is. But I, I don't think he is as good as in no. the year as well. No, he's, should be. he's not yet. He, he kind of, if he does win a header, it's a flick on and there's no one past him. He, he yeah. needs to be a bit more clever than that. He needs to be a bit more switched on. Yeah. Um, I think I, I can remember plenty of occasions where he's been kind of on the edge of the six-yard box or sort of towards the, the penalty spot. And, you know, he's central to the goal and you expect to, you know, these headers to be at least challenging the keeper and stuff. But, aye. They're not getting on target. And, um, one of one of his strongest attributes, I think, is clear to see is, is, is his hold-up player. And, and one of the things I admire about him is when he, he can just pluck a ball from high up in the air, mm. just bring it down on his chest, and it just sticks to him like super glue. But do, do you know who, who else used to do that? Who's that? Shola Miori. Uh-huh. But to be fair, though, like, if you're a top-level footballer, should that be kind of the minimum? Um, you should be able to control a ball. I, I, for me, you know, like I, I, I think you touched on it uh, just before we came on air. There is that that Rafa perhaps doesn't have the trust in in him. Is what he what he does for for Gale or even Murphy now. Um, he, he is a red card liability. He's he's shown that. Um, that can change you. Or you can learn from that. He's not had the game time to to prove that. But for for me, Dean, it, it comes down to. This is this whole thing's irrelevant because in in my eyes, Rafa's gonna replace him in six to twelve months. Because if you've got Gale as your number one striker, you you're telling me that Rafa's not gonna gonna sign a, a top striker when we get promoted. I think what I would say it looks like in terms of the conversations that him and Rafa are having, he's probably getting told to you know keep a, a calm head, behave himself. And all that does to a player like Mitrovic is put it just puts the reins on him, doesn't it? It does kind of. I don't, I, I don't think I don't think he's able to play freely. Nah, uh, well, it's well, it was but the same when, same when with Bellamy, plays, wasn't it? When, when he plays freely, that's when he gets himself into trouble. Uh, I I don't know I, I don't know if it's kind of free reign and then he gets himself into trouble. I, I don't know. He's he's kind of a. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't trust him as a supporter to to be able to fulfil the position in the team. Yeah. 
in, in, in a, that looks to me like Rafa Khan either. And to be fair, I like the lad. He, he loves, he's a Newcastle supporter, isn't he? Um, from, from what we hear. Passionate guy um, from, a, from a region of the world that are, that are passionate about sport. Um, that's not quite, I, I'm not questioning that. Just what I, I just think that this whole thing's irrelevant because I just honestly think he's going to be replaced. He'd be sold. I you know, for, for me, I think there's still a lot more to come from him. Um, I, I certainly don't think he's reached his, his ceiling on, on in terms of what he could offer, but it's about, you know, how, how patient do people want to be? And, and this is going back to what we were talking about. I think there's some supporters that have that sense of patience and, and they're happy to see that I would have, but I think, I think some supporters have probably already made their mind up and said, actually, you know, he's, he's not going to be able to do it for in the long run. Well, and, if- Thing is, Dean, as well, though, just like, <clears throat> like I said, there, he's not going to be able to do it in the long run. But Mirovic isn't going to. Mirovic isn't a second or third choice striker. He's got to play every game. The type of player he is, he's, he's, he's going to put weight on, and his form's not going to be there. Yeah, spot on with that. You know, in, in some ways, he, he doesn't help himself. Obviously, you know, he had the ban at the beginning of the season, yeah. missed out. And ultimately, if he was perhaps available, you, you never know. He might have actually got the nod to begin with. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think the beginning of the season, that's that's went quite away to to being his downfall, and then obviously he got the head injury. Um, you know, and that's the thing. It's those kind of things that the supporters admire him for, is if he puts his body on the line and stuff like that. But ultimately, when it comes to first class level of football, you need more than just that commitment and passion. I, I it's so far, isn't it? Yeah, it does, and you've exactly what you've said there is is kind of what is divided supporters. That passion and commitment, all of the things that we, we know that Mitrovic offers, it's gotten so far, but that's starting to wear thin on a little bit. You, sorry, that's starting to wear thin a little bit on people. Um, I've seen an interesting comparison on Twitter. I can't genuinely remember who the tweet was from, so apologies, but. There was a comparison with Andy Cole and um, Supermac from when they were 22. Yeah. And they both scored a handful of goals, basically, between them. But if you look at players now with a similar age, um, your top level kind of players, and, you know, because the, the excuse of the 22 is getting put out a lot, but Harry Kane's 23. Yeah, absolutely. Luka, Luka, Lukaku's 23. Mane, he's scoring in the Premier League as well. He's 24. And Mitrovic, let's be honest and let's be fair, he's 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 quite a way off where where those fellas are are, are performing at at the moment, isn't he? I, I totally agree, totally agree. I was um, I, I know mentioning just before we came on air as well uh, about the uh, under nineteen championships that he was involved in in two thousand thirteen. Um, actually got played at the tournament, Mitrovic, uh, but he just scored one goal. Interestingly though, in the in the team of the tournament, um, Anthony Martial. So, kind of two players that are chalk and cheese at the moment. Yeah. One's representing Man United, uh, commanding fifty million pound transfers. Uh, Mirovic not getting a game in the championship. Kind of, kind of just shows the progression from that tournament. Obviously, obviously a tournament that Mirovic did well with, and Serbia won. Yeah, Martial's twenty one as well, isn't he? So, so he's a yeah, yeah, younger, I right? exactly. And it's, I think you know. As I said, to be fair, you know, you can look at sort of uh, stats and stuff like that as well. And Mitrovic, I think it is, 
he is capable of scoring goals in, in look, he did it in Belgium, he did it um, for Partizan as well. And but they, that the standard is it's 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 a million miles away from English football. And actually, um, as I, I think the best way that I that I can sum it up, Stu, is as I said, I thought the championship was going to be ready made for him. I thought that physical side of his game, I thought he would really thrive. No, I you totally know, agree. If you look yeah. at if you look at the likes of say Perez, who struggled this season because of the physicality, I just thought Mitrovic would be. I, I thought he would be like a big and shit, you know. Um, kind of, kind of went the other way with with Gale, Kind of a bit of uh, ingenuity, a bit of bit intelligence, uh, strong running, and to be to be fair to Gale as well, doing he's doing a lone job up front. Got what is he five foot seven, five foot eight, wins his fair share of headers, brings people into play, runs the channels. I would like to say distance covered. I, I've not looked at the stats today, but distance covered by Newcastle players, I'd probably say Gale's quite. Quite ahead of everyone. The thing with Gale, he just makes you he makes you do something, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? He, he puts you under pressure. And You've always got an option. If you, yeah. if your if your options only to hit Mirovic, um, what your percentage is going to be with 30, 25 to thirty percent of retaining the ball. Yeah. Rather than with Gale, you've got a player. You've got the channels. He's running in behind. You've got the army linking up behind him. You know it's. <laughs> Well, that's why Gale's starting. Basically, he's scoring the goals, doing the business. He's obviously... Probably last question on this, Stu, is, you know, ultimately, what we probably see and think is irrelevant. And I, I mean, good feeling is, like we've said, you know, Rafa probably doesn't trust him. And, and I think he would certainly look to, to reshape his attacking line if we do go up. Um, do you think that the club would let him go up? Because... It, Ultimately, I would think we would have to take quite a bit of a loss on him. Or do you think we would just hang on to him? What are your thoughts? Stoke City, £10 million. Mm. Something like that. Uh, I just, I don't... Is he, like, literally, what's a cut-off point? Like, it's not that he hasn't got the potential, but I'm just talking, like, Gale's the number one striker. That's not going to change. Yeah. And he's going to be signing another striker. Another quick striker, strong runner. And as you mentioned earlier, he's... He is the kind of player he's desperate to play, and if he's not playing, it's he's he's probably having a bit. Maybe I maybe he's being harsh, but I would imagine he's probably like obviously frustrated as we said, but maybe he's moping around the training ground as well. Do you know what I mean? Good thing for uh, both parties. It's a good thing for both parties if if the part is, and that's not just yeah. me saying that he's a bad player because like I see, I think some aspects of his game are, are really good, but he's he's not. He's, like I say, he's not a second or third choice straight guy. He's, he's got to be playing every game for someone. Yeah. I mean, um, what we could maybe do, Stu, is we'll, 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 maybe, we'll maybe touch again on this after the the influx of fixtures in, in February. And no doubt that Rafa will have to do a bit of rotating and, and, and rely on some of his other players. So we'll see if he gets a chance. We'll see if he, he gets on the score sheet. And I think ultimately that might define actually where his future is going to lie. Yeah, no, it's good, it's good, uh, good point. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, Stu, I had a keep it up with day yesterday. And I, oh, what were you doing? Just thought I'd spend the whole day tweeting players, getting the juice <laughs> and just shite over to them. Did it work? Did it? Was it productive for them? I thought it was productive. I um, even tweeted Jamal Lascelles, even though he didn't play, just telling him how shit he was. <laughs> No, obviously, let's be clear, I didn't do that at all. But we have seen some of that over the weekend after the disappointing result. Nuggets, um, man. 
what I wanted to ask you both to do is, what is a supporter in any case? So when you give us a heads up that you wanted to talk about this uh, tonight, looked up the definition in uh, the Oxford Dictionary, mate. So a person who approves of and encourages, just underlining that word encourages there, yeah? Yeah, capital letters. All that, mate, all that. Just somebody that's a, that's a believer, you know, that's a romantic about the club that they, that they love. Um, but for someone, to say, for someone to tweet someone saying that they're shit, and then back that up by saying he's got uh, every reason to. What's all that about, mate? Yeah, where they defend themselves to the hill. But yeah, anyways, just before we get on to the topic properly, Stu, you talk about being a believer. I kind of believe you've got an Oxford dictionary. <laughs> 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 Fuck off. First, first lad from Wall's End with one of them, are you? No, I mean, I just use Google nowadays anyway, so you want to get yourself a mobile phone and help you out. <laughs> Dead bottom. Um, but in all seriousness, you, you've pointed out there, there it, it's about encouragement, and that's through, you know, thick or thin, that's, you know, that's whether we're, we're, we're getting through to the next round, we're getting three points in a league game, or we've had a disappointing result. And, you know, I would like to think that the majority of supporters, you know, fall under that bracket of the, the encouragers. But it's, it's like what I've said earlier about. Um, in different episodes and I've put it on Twitter as well that you know the negative voices are, are often the loudest and I think that's the case over the weekend I think everyone got sick of Twitter by the end of Saturday night because it was just so much and everyone was calling each other out and you know some of it was just 100% not called for but what it means to me Stu is it's someone who's emotionally attached yeah I agree totally agree you know a supporter, if you, if you take going to the game as an example, you know, it's not someone who's just going to go through the motions, you know, it's it's not someone who's just going for a day out, it's someone who's emotionally attached, where you, you feel excited before the game, you know, when you, you're going into the ground, when you get up to the top of the stairs and you see the pitch, all of these kind of emotions, and then obviously throughout the 90 minutes, you know, it's highs and lows, swings and roundabouts, and, and then at the end of it, depending on the results, you've obviously enjoyed yourself, but you feel like you've been a part of something as well because you've kind of contributed as a, as a supporter, whether that's through um, singing or whether that's just through, you know, showing your, your loyalty through wearing your colours or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it, it, all, it all counts, doesn't it? I think, I think it's important to say as well. It's, um, it depends. It doesn't matter what you invest because... You can go to the home games, you go to the away games, but if you're still emotionally invested in the club, if you're sitting in the house, can't afford a ticket, and you've got your Newcastle top on, that's enough for me. You're investing your time in supporting the team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, and I, I think the people who, who go to the away games, and I'm not just talking about Newcastle games, this is, the, this is football in general, kind of feel like they're a step above everyone else. Like, commend, commend the, the time and effort they put in, but that doesn't mean that they love their club any more than what I do. Touched on something there, which is quite a, a you know an important topic. There's there's in one hand, like you say, it's commendable that you know the time, the money, the effort, the commitment for the away support to get up and down the country, and especially with some of the long distances that we've got. Um, obviously, Brighton is an example, and, and there's many more. You know, them supporters, you've kind of got to kind of just give you you know tip your hat to them. And, Absolutely. 
But there's, but there's no scale. No, it's not there. everyone can do that, can they? Well, that, it's just circumstantial, isn't it? So if you're a single lad um, on a decent wage, that's what you're going to do at the weekend. You know what I mean? Um, but but you're right. Like If you're travelling the, to the ends of the country, God, there's lads who've gone, you, when we're in Europe, we've gone every European game and things like that. That's that's totally commendable. Like You can only but applaud that. But that still doesn't... Uh, you shouldn't have to put a scale on, on support. Like there's no need to put a scale on it. Like you're a supporter. If you're if you're emotionally invested in the club, you're a supporter. Yeah, and I think I think for those supporters who can't get there all of the time and stuff, you know, because of finances perhaps or circumstances, work commitments, um, families, etc. Those people will always get to the games just when they can. No. And you need you need those supporters as well. And Definitely different I, groups. Exactly. I think for me as well, Sue, something about, certainly I can speak personally from following Newcastle for, you know, pretty much my whole life until I, from from when I understood football, is it kind of wasn't a choice either. No, no, definitely not. I I just fell into it. It's a life sentence. I I, I can't understand, you see all these kids now, Chelsea tops, City tops, Real Madrid, and, you know, we've all had a, We've, we've all had a daft top before from because if you, you like something from somewhere, but but you still should represent and support your local club. That that's my personal thoughts and feelings on it. But um, you know, I was yeah. I, I was thinking about this team, like kind of what is a supporter, and we've we've seen them come up the, the woodwork this season, uh, kind of second in the league. Um, God, I've even seen people saying Rafa out and stuff like that. Man, it's ridiculous. Anyhow, yeah. the parallel between the diehards that get called out now and again kind of in the situations that we used to so in these kind of support the team not the regime and the walkout campaigns and things and, and the lads that stayed in the stadium the lads and lasses that stayed in the stadium got got crucified for it um, yeah. you know the, the seen as blind kind of blind to the problems the support the team no matter what but I'll tell you what I'd uh, I'd quite happily sit next to one of those than um, you know the fucking People and Tom who just fucking moans and groans all uh, all game. Uh, I this is where it kind of can get quite heated because ultimately as well you'll always have varying views. You know you've got you you'll have different classes uh, amongst the supporter group. You'll have um, you know all sorts of varying opinions for whatever reason. But I think there needs to be a, a line there as well where we we kind of say actually. But there needs to be a level of respect as well. Well, it, do you know what? I wrote down a couple of teams here where if you, if you look at the support, it's 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 100% and it's pure. So yeah. if you if you look at, for example, I mean, the, the, the one that swings the mind for most people would be Borussia Dortmund, kind of yeah. the culture that they breeded. Um, the sellout, I think they've got the highest attendance in Europe. It's like 80,000 on average every year. They've got a massive yellow wall behind them. Uh, their, their version of the cop sold out but you know what they get people travelling over for adventure trips from Europe, from England China no doubt uh, Japan all over but it doesn't change their culture so so when people and, I, and I've seen a good video actually of a, of a scout lad talking openly about the Liverpool fans I don't know did you say it? yeah yeah and he's talking about um, kind of the um, support the supporters kind of becoming more um, 
like a tourist feel. It's more corporate and things like that. And I agree to him to a certain extent. But when you look at Bruce Dortmund, I tell you what, majority of the earth stands now will be the same because people caught on to the cheap tickets and, and nice weekends away in Germany on the beer and stuff like that. But that doesn't change the atmosphere. It, it, if anything, it adds to it. It's a good point that you mentioned. I'll give you a good example of how I, I remember a negative situation that was a positive experience for me in terms of supporting Newcastle. And, and that was when we got to the FA Cup final in, in 98, got beat off Arsenal, and obviously in 99 off Man U. We got beaten both of those finals, and ultimately you can see it as a, a day out of it, because that's a positive thing in itself. Yeah. But I always think if you're in a final, you're going down to win, and, and that should be the way that it yeah, is. Absolutely. But the positive from that, I remember the the pride in the city was massive, it was huge. And obviously, the, we were still on the come down as well, if you remember, after Keegan and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget when we were, the, the players came back on the open top bus coming through town and stuff and then ending up at the Civic Centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was just thousands and thousands of supporters just like welcoming all of the players and, and stuff back and cheering them on. And it, like they, it was just a sea of black and white. No, definitely. That's what, that's what, that's what positive breeds, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. It's, it's, it's contagious you want to be a part of that that's what you want to feel exactly and like I say obviously ultimately we didn't we didn't collect the silverware but we had still something to be proud of that's what I think we're missing as well it's, it's sort of St James's we're missing that sea of black and white and this is why, where we were saying before it's that emotional attachment whether you can whether you can get your, your whole family a strip each with the names on the back you, you've got a few quid that's fair enough or actually, if you're just someone who might have to just buy a hat or a scarf, represent your club, you know, show your colours. And, and I, I think that visually, it's just such a positive thing. Makes but, an impact. Yeah, it's and, the easiest impact you can make. Exactly. Because as a supporter, you're at least you, you're contributing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's obviously something that, you know, we're talking about it related to Newcastle here. And there's many other clubs that will probably have the, the same kind of issues and stuff like that. And we're no different, but I just think, you know, we're, we're quite a unique club and, you know, we're working class, you know, we've got, um, we've been through a lot together in terms of, you know, we've not won a lot. There's been probably more downs than ups. Yeah. And, and that should bring we together as well, I think. <clears throat> Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, think I don't so. think we should ever forget that. It should be battle battle hardened rather than the yes. opposite bit that bruised, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's there's a, there's a kind of a good parallel here because I, I think it's similar in, in a respect is the Arsenal fans as well. I think they 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 have quite a, a large negative feeling around the club of finishing fourth every year. They don't say any players. You hear, God, you turn on the radio on, on any popular football radio station you'll hear an Arsenal fan morning yeah. like negativity just breeds negativity like yeah. it just affects performance it enhances nerves like it doesn't do any good like can you imagine if you're on a, on a Sunday on a Sunday morning on, on, on a Churchill playing field or something and you're playing and someone on the sidelines just telling you shit yeah. what are you going to do? Right. this is this is it 
it's that's a human. Yeah, I think what we're seeing here is, and it's not about saying you know you can't be frustrated, and everyone, no one is exempt from a bit of criticism, but it's about like being constructive as well. And, and I think where we draw the line in the sand is, you know, when you're overstepping the mark is where it starts becoming abusive. Where you're, um, where you're tweeting players. Yeah, because, well, the thing is, as an example, you know, in, in a game, if you get the odd bits and pieces of criticism, yeah, because someone's done something they shouldn't have, that's completely fine in, in my book. But it's, as an example, where the same players, you know, for, for large portions of the game, they'll just get criticised constantly. You've got to be savvy, man, especially with kind of the players' personalities as well. Because I tell you what... Paul Dummett is not the type of lad that can take on criticism and turn it into a positive. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's just kind of is an overall example, but it's not nice to see, man. Like, I, it's frustrating when your castle go 1-0 down. Jesus Christ, like, there's still time left in the game. Get behind the lads. I, and I think you'll, you'll hear the same as well, Dean, when, you, when you've been this season. Um, if your castle hadn't scored within 20 minutes... Fucking, it's proper, it's like a catastrophe. Uh, I mentioned that in episode three. Well, yeah, Stu, I've got a question for you. Right. Right. What kind of supporter is this? And this is someone, I've seen a tweet. Right, okay, what we'll do is I'll, I'll take a cup run um, and settle for the playoffs. What kind of supporter is that? No, I don't, who's, I don't, there's no logic behind it. And this is this is it. It's kind of it's a little bit sort of embarrassing as well as the fact that some of the, the supporters are kind of you know getting angry about the, the fact that we're second in the, the division at the moment. But mm. ultimately, all that matters is that we go up into the Premier League, and that means top two. I, I don't want to start playing roll the dice with the playoffs. Mate, um, no, anything can happen. No, I mean, God, look, look at the playoffs. Uh, every single playoff in my lifetime, I think you've kind of tipped the team and, and they've not gone up. Like, what about like Derby against QBR and, and big Bobby Zamora, you know? Derby played them off the field. So, a little, little mention of Tim there. Um, but but you, you, you're right, though, mate. Like, who on earth would, would accept a cup run? Like, what does that even mean? To what round? Like, what, to the fifth round and we'll finish in the cup? Anyways, I, I don't know if you've seen, but did you see Shiro today as well? I didn't. The lad mentioned so, it didn't work. Or... So he kind of, kind of strong as well, saying that it was just kind of the weakened teams and the, the weakened teams feel that it's um, you know it's a disgrace and things and etc. I kind of quote him because I kind of think one off the top of your head, but as well in as, as good and well as that is, like everyone agrees, God don't weaken the team and we want to get into the fifth round. However, we've got, we've got a really important run of games coming up where we need to cement that second place. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying throw away the, to throw away the opportunity in the FA Cup. But when I looked at the team when it was selected, I thought that was strong enough. I think uh, for me, Stu, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of, kind of puts it in perspective, you know, because those players around in and around the fringes, that's a that's a massive opportunity for them to step up. Oh, and big time! They didn't. Big time! Absolutely. So, like, where do their futures lie? If you, if you can't be relied upon, where, where is your future? Like, like Curtis Good. Curtis Good must be about 23 or 24 now. Like, is he going to get another chance? Yeah. It, 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 
is I think obviously a few of the performances left a, a lot to be desired, but ultimately I think you know Rafa will know what he'll be doing in terms of moving people on and stuff in the summer, and I think that's what this season's been about: is testing people, and, and we've got to remember that this is about finding out who can take our club forward and. You know, let, let's just be patient is what I would ask. But I've got a message that I would like to say to you as well is the supporters after Oxford who were asking for refunds, can you just go fuck off somewhere else? Eh? <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen a video. I, I don't know if I dreamt this. I hope I did dream it, but I think I might have seen a video of fans fighting in the way. No, no, you did say it, mate. But you know this, Stu? Obviously, you needed however many loyalty points. There was a fair few that were needed for Oxford, and there were Ben's. Um, but I've been at games before I remember it would have been probably a couple of years ago now Everton away if I remember rightly I think we got beat 3-0 shite day but honestly the supporters that day as a minority were embarrassing and honestly there were just some there was some of them were young kids and um, there was one of the stewards came over and he had to sort something out and the way they were treating the steward and that was disgusting and I'm not saying it's all the youngins or anything like that at all, but you know, we, you, I think like you've got a thing as well. Actually, as a support, I'm re- I am representing the club. I'm representing our supporter group. Yeah, I mean, you look. I've been away games where we've kind of it's been exemplary. So, well, we're drawn nil nil with Man United. I kind of think the year for top of your head. Anyhow, we're drawn nil nil. Um, Megalone had a goal disallowed for where like before half time and all we could have took the lead. They brought uh, Ronaldo on at half time and he scored a hurricane and got beat 5 out. Yeah. And honest, the, 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 uh, the away and then was like, the, one of the best supports I've, I've ever felt. Like, it, it yeah. was sang right till the end and we were getting smashed and no one cared because yeah. we won Newcastle United, we'll come back again. Right, I think we'll leave it at that, Stu. Happy days, mate, yeah. I've enjoyed this one actually because it's been a little bit of a shorter one, but obviously we want to get in there a bit earlier this week because last, last week we left it a bit late. Couple of good talking points, mate. Yeah, happy. Yeah, um, but certainly if you if you've been listening, I'd like to to, to hear what, what your thoughts are as well on, on Mitrovic and the supporter topics. Um, so drop us a bit of feedback on Twitter. Um, you can subscribe and leave a review, please, on iTunes, or you can follow and like on SoundCloud. Um, and obviously your Twitter handle is at eighty ninety two pod. Thanks very much for listening. Um, it's been great actually we're seeing uh, listeners from all over the UK obviously predominantly the, the local people um, but also from all corners of the world as well which Sue you would agree gives me quite a bit of motivation to keep trying to churn out the content it does thanks for listening it's, uh, it's what we're doing this for you know we're not getting paid to do it exactly but um, we're enjoying it at the minute obviously it's, it's the fourth episode in we'll keep making sure we, we stay regular um but yeah, take it easy, everybody, and we'll, 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 we'll be back soon. Have a good week. I love Newcastle United with all my heart. Always have done since I was a boy. I've seen my first game, December 1962, when I was eight years old, and I've loved them ever since. Home and away. I, unfortunately, I can't get away matches so much now, but I love them with all my heart. Always have done, always will do.